0: Welcome to today's episode of Empowered, a perfectionist guide to imperfection, hosted by me, Miranda Lee. It's time to take back control of our lives, and it's time to write our own story. Remember, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Let's dive in. Hey, my friends. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me for another episode Today's episode is gonna be so good because I talk with Bethany Beal, who is the one of the owners of the Girl Defined Ministries and one of the hosts of the Girl Defined podcast, and we just talk about identity and purpose and what it means to truly live out your purpose and find your identity as a child of God. So it's gonna get super deep, but there's gonna be so much good information. I just absolutely love talking about Jesus, so. Me and Bethany just have this amazing conversation, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen. So let's get it started. Well, hi, Bethany. Thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast episode.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I always love, you know, we get a chat off air, as they say, and it's always so fun just getting to know each other a little bit better and connecting just as Christian women and podcasters. It's so cool for me to get to be on here. Oh, I'm just
0: so happy to have you. You're just such an inspirational Christian woman and I just I'm excited to pick your brain. And I know that my audience is excited to hear everything you have to say. So can you introduce yourself or, for those who don't know you and you know, tell them what you do?
1: Yeah. So my name is Bethany Beal. I'm from Texas and um, I started a ministry, it's a nonprofit now, but it's called girl to ministries. And I started it about seven or eight years ago with my sister, Kristen, and we just had a passion, still have a passion for young women and women. We feel like it is so hard to be really a Christian woman in our modern day. I feel like, you know, all of the movies, music, social media are telling us who we should be, what we should look like, where our identity should be found. And it's challenging. It's super, super difficult. And if you look in God's word and you're like, ah, I'm going to be going against the flow, like that is going to be hard. I don't know if I want to stand out and, and live so radically different. And so Kristen and I were like, you know, we don't have all the answers. We're on this journey too. If we link arms with other sisters in Christ or just women who want to know God more, um, you know, we can strengthen each other and encourage each other and really help empower each other through the Holy Spirit and through God's word to follow him. So that's really the entire purpose of Girl Defined Ministries. And it's evolved into, you know, videos, podcasts, books, all of the things, but at the heart of it, it's really just linking arms with other women and helping them follow Jesus
0: I love that you said that you're just you know taking us girls on the journey with you because especially as Christians like we don't have it all figured out but you know we're trying our best (laughs) and just just saying that you know what this is my journey too and just come on come on my journey with me I think that's that's amazing Um, and I know what something a lot of us struggle with is finding our purpose Mm. so what has been your journey with finding your Mm. purpose
1: You know, I grew up in a Christian home and I, my parents are first generation Christians, but they, um, moved to Texas right after they were married and we, they had a whole bunch of kids. There are eight of us and we're all very tall. So we're kind of like this massive family that, you know, stands in church and blocks everyone behind us. Um, so I was raised, you know, to know Jesus. And I really do believe that I made a personal decision to follow him at a young age. I remember that. And I definitely can see a transition of just, you know, becoming a Christian and getting the Holy spirit and all of that, and just feeling more conviction and wanting to follow him. But I see in my life, a big, I guess, confusion of what I was living for and truly what my purpose was, especially my later teen, kind of like early twenties, those years. And as much as certain things in scripture are good things like marriage, they're not supposed to be our everything. And for me as a woman, I wanted to get married so bad. And I just thought that, okay, that is going to be like my destiny. (laughs) I'm going to grow up and then I'm going to find my Prince charming and I'm going to settle down and have kids and live my perfectly happily ever after. And as you know, God designed marriage, it's a good thing, but it really became like my everything and really became an idol in my life. Like this thing I felt I couldn't live without, and I needed to have in order to be happy. And unfortunately That led me into, um, I, I was in different relationships, but the one that was kind of defining for me was a relationship that most people around me told me was not a good thing. The people I trusted and typically would have listened to like, oh, they really care about me. I was like, no. This is a good relationship. Y'all just want me to be miserable. You want me to be like 85 years old rocking my life away in a rocking chair, miserable, like I just was so focused on wanting to get this thing that I thought I needed to have and I felt like that was my purpose. This was what I was after. This was what I wanted to do in life. Um and it took me a few years of this relationship kind of going on and off of finally coming to the realization that marriage wasn't my purpose in life. And yes, it's a good thing, but it's not my everything. And my my purpose in life, I realized was to glorify God and to live for him. And when I finally acknowledged that I was like, you know, God really changed my heart and helped me to see like, you are clinging to this guy and this pursuit of potentially getting married with a death grip. And even though this relationship basically is like everyone around you is telling you, here's all the red flags. Here's why you shouldn't be in this relationship. You are literally making this an idol and you are not willing to give it up. And so God really convicted me, and my eyes were finally opened, and I ended the relationship. And it really was at that point, I was in my mid 20s at this point of realizing, like, wow, there are good things in life, and even things that God says are blessings and wonderful. But if they take the place of number one in our life, they've become an idol and they've become like everything that we're living for. And we will never be happy because nothing outside of God can ultimately satisfy. And I felt that and experienced that so firsthand. And so that was really a turning point for me of really just looking at my bullseye in life and and saying, okay, marriage is no longer my bullseye. Getting a guy is no longer my bullseye, living for God, living to glorify him. And if he wants to bring marriage along, great. If he wants me to have these other dreams and desires I have, then great. But ultimately I am here to live for him and to love him. And I've had so much more joy, so much more satisfaction, even though I was single. And that was like my worst nightmare, you know, even though I was single, I was thriving because I was finally living like surrender to God. And in scripture, it talks about like how when we lose our lives, we will find them. And just Jesus, He came not to be served, but to serve. And when I stepped into that and started living more like Jesus, it was amazing. It's so countercultural, it's so opposite of what our natural instinct is. But that's when I really started to find life and find joy and happiness. And so that was my kind of journey and story of discovering what ultimately my purpose truly was and giving up the other things that I thought would make me happy.
0: Yeah. And I feel like God really does that with whatever we put on a pedestal, like yes. God, God, makes sure to like, not give it to us right away, you know, cause that's something I struggled with. I was mm. putting my identity and my purpose into like my athletics Oh, Um, yeah. Like, into, you know, when I was a boxer and then a power lifter, thinking that my identity was in Mm. that. But then my biggest one was putting my identity into my career. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's something God wouldn't wouldn't just hand hand to me he wouldn't because I did everything right I went yes. to school got my bachelor's and then went and got my master's degree and I graduated thinking I was going to you know rule the world and yes. be a CEO <laughs> and all this stuff and then no one wanted to hire me right. and I was the like world I was like but isn't this what we're supposed to do and I think God was just saying hey you were putting this you were putting status mm. in your career and all these things before me and that's not okay and it's it so humbled me and make me yeah. made me take a step back because I can't find my happiness yeah. in like a career or in my status or how much money I make or mm. or my fitness journey that yes. too because you know with powerlifting I literally put my entire life into it and then I got injured oh and then I was goodness. like what am I gonna do yes. and God's just like you still have a purpose
1: wow you just think your
0: purpose is something else so oh my goodness.
1: So has that all been like in the last few years? Cause I'm, I'm older than you. So I'm like, you're a baby compared to me, Um, but you, so that must've been just like in the last few years, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's all happened quite recently. I mean, I did just graduate with my master's degree last year, but even with, with that, you know, trying to find a job, Mm. but my, my entire life, life, I thought my purpose was to go to school, graduate with my degree and then join the military as an officer. That was my uh, as literally since I was yeah. a baby, that was been like my dream. And wow. because because of my anxiety, um, I cannot join the military. So it was like wow. my life was just crashing before my eyes. I was like, what do you mean? But Ugh. I mean, God has such a greater purpose for me and for yeah. other people who who only think we have it figured yeah. out. God's like, Ugh. no, this you have to go on
1: my path. Yes. And you can't just depend on it yourself. Oh, that's so true. And I love, I love that you're saying that on his path. It reminds me of Proverbs three, five, and six, which is like my favorite, my favorite all time verses. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And it's exactly what you're saying. Like we have to acknowledge him in all our ways. We have to trust him with everything, but I feel like we want to like here, God, I'll trust you with this stuff, but not other things. Like I'm going to control that. And you are not going to mess with that, you know, but if we truly want to follow him and trust that he is our creator, our designer, that he, I mean, he literally sent Jesus for us. So he loves us more than we can ever imagine. If we want to follow him and live for him and really find complete satisfaction in him, we do have to surrender even like those things we feel like we can't live without. And it's amazing. I know for me, it's like, if I had written my story, how I wanted it to be like, I would not be doing what I'm doing now, which is what I love more than anything, you know? And I did end up getting married at 30 And so I'm married now, got married two and a half years ago, and now I have a little 15 month old baby, which hopefully, like I said, you won't hear in the background, but you might hear some screams (laughs) later on if he wakes up. But I just think, you know, it's not that these weren't like, oh, God gave me these rewards or anything. But if I had married who I wanted to, my life would look very different right now. And I don't think it would be kind of a struggle. But instead, it's like, wow, following God and living for him. It's like, I love running Girl Defined Ministries. I love getting to link arms with other young women. I love my husband, Dave. I love my son, Davey. You know, I, I just love where God has, has me now. And it's not been easy and it's definitely not the story I would have written for myself, but it's so much better. And so I think that's the thing, like when we trust God, it may not be easy and it may not look like what we wanted, but there's just so much peace and joy and satisfaction that comes from knowing we are fully trusting him and fully living for him. And I think that's, that's like the hard place to get to though, you know?
0: Exactly. I love that. That reminds me of the story, um, in the Bible of Abraham and Sarah, And you know, um, Abraham couldn't get. I mean, Sarah just couldn't conceive and couldn't get pregnant. And then you know, he marries um, her. H- Hagar, Hagar, is Hagar, mm-hmm. Hagar. And then they have a kid. And you know, yeah. and and Abraham's like, well, I mean, can't he? Can't he be? Yes. You know, the king? Can't he be the be, heir? Yeah, yeah be I- the heir of me. And God's just like, no, I have a different plan for you. Mm. And. It's so true because a lot of times we think like, but look at this. Look what I have now. Can't we make this work? And then God's like, I understand, but I have a bigger plan for you. You just got to trust me. Mm -hmm. Well, and I
1: love, I love each of our, like, obviously we're not like 60 looking back, like here's all the wisdom that we have. But, you know, even now it's like, I, for the, you know, whoever's listening, it's like, you know, We are all in our own way on this journey of striving to trust God. And it's not easy. And I know I don't always feel like it, and I'm sure you don't always feel like it, but that's the beautiful thing that we can, you know, go before God and we can pray and we can cry out to him and we can even ask him like, God, change my heart. Like, help me to want to trust you. Help me to want to give up this idol in my life of this thing I feel like I can't live without. And so, you know, if you're listening and you're like, wow, that's great that they're in that place now, or they've, you know, really been able to trust God with their dreams, but I am in the middle of it. And I don't want to, you know, it's okay. You don't have to come up with the strength within yourself. You can pray and ask God. And we know that he, he commands us to trust him. So we know that's something that he wants to answer and he wants to help us with. So don't feel discouraged. Like you don't have enough strength. I don't have enough strength. You don't have none of us has enough strength, you know, so, but we can pray and God can give us the strength because he's the one who ultimately has all the power to trust him that we need. Yes,
0: I, I completely agree. It, it's so true because we're not always going to feel like like our strongest. You know, we're not going to be able to to be our one hundred percent all the time, and that's why yeah. you know we were meant to lean on God in all phases mm-hmm. of our life. So, how what would you say to those who are you know still looking for the purpose? Like, how do they mm-hmm. find their purpose? Yeah. I know a lot of people feel lost and they need to find their purpose in life.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I would strongly recommend not going to like the current famous secular, like gurus and stuff. I think that's probably not going to be a good idea. So I'm glad they're listening (laughs) to this podcast. Um, I think it starts though. And I, you know, uh, this has been a, like I am not arrived and none of us ever are, but I know for me, it started at a place of really first, like, humbling myself before God and kind of taking all of my desires. So just being like honest, maybe it's in a journal saying, okay, here are all the things I want, or I don't know what I want. Um, God, like what do I do? And I think it starts by just slowing down a little bit. We live in such a fast paced culture. It's hard to do that, but I think it starts by slowing down and just being honest with God, whether you have no idea what you want to do, or you're like, this is what I really want to do in life. And, and just praying and asking God, like, God, help me to help me to know what you would want for me. Help me to like, look around, like what city am I in? What community am I in? What family am I in? Okay. Let me look at those things. Like, why have you put me in this place? What are the, the desires that you have given me? What are the skills that you have given me? Just kind of being it, like reflective in a prayerful way starting there. Um. So I know for me, that's been super, super helpful of just slowing down and doing a lot of like prayer journaling, I think that's a great place to start. And then I also think it's so important to make sure that we're actually in God's word, because if we don't start with that place, like the foundation, and I know this is not the quick fix answer that we all want, but I think especially me coming from a Christian perspective, and I know you as well, like if God and our relationship with him and his word is not the foundation, how are we going to have any direction or know where to go at all? So that would be my encouragement is start in prayer, start, you know, getting all of that in a prayer journal and then go to God's word. And I know that can be confusing and I know the Bible is big and it's hard to understand. Um, so I would encourage you, you know, even doing something like a devotional, Kristen and I, my sister, we actually just released a devotional called shine bright 60 days to becoming a girl defined by God. And that could be a good place to start because we guide you to God's word. And we say, Hey, here are some passages you can read some questions you can ask yourself. So maybe it's doing something like that first, like deciding, okay, I'm not going to try to figure out my whole life plan in the next two months. I'm going to take maybe like two months, work through a devotional or work through a book of the Bible. Maybe it's Proverbs. You're like Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Okay. Every day I'm going to read a proverb. And then the next month I'm going to go through it again. And I'm just going to absorb it and pray and ask God to help me understand. I think that's absolutely where you have to start. And I, I don't like that. I like to rush ahead. I like to make my own plans. I am a go getter. I like to be in charge and be a leader. All of those things. Like I totally get that. So slowing down and taking the time to meditate on God's word, to be in his presence, that is crucial because God is the one who has all the wisdom. He is, you know, knows all things. And so if we truly want to live a surrendered life, and if we truly want to like Proverbs three, five, and six says, trust him with all our hearts, how can we do that? And how can we find our purpose in a sense, if we're not even slowing down to talk to our creator, to talk to our designer. Um, and so I think that that's what we're trying to find. Cause it's really popular to kind of say, like, I've got to discover my truth or my dreams, but ultimately as Christians, we're living for God and for his glory. So instead of me, it's more like, God, what would he want for me? Um, And that's the starting place. And then from there, I think there's nothing better than to find a godly woman who can mentor you, who can give you wisdom and say, Hey, let's talk through it. Let's, what are you, what, you know, after you've been praying and meditating, what are you interested in? What are your passions? Who do you want to impact? You know, What, what are you hoping to accomplish? And so having a godly woman to guide you and to link arms with you and to kind of answer those specific questions that you have in life. Cause maybe you're like, well, you know, I really wanted this job and it's not happening. Like, where do I go from there? So having a godly mentor in your life can be absolutely life-changing. Those are three things that I have done and continue to do. And I cannot tell you they have been. So helpful and so clarifying and helping me to continue to figure out, okay, what is my purpose? Because life changes, you know, like I am, I was single up up till 30, you know, and then I got married and then I had a baby and my life looks super different now. So my purpose like ultimately is to live for God, to be in relationship with him, to glorify him. But practically day to day, like I had to take a step back. Cause I can't just run at the same pace. I used to, like, I literally have a husband and a baby. Like, you know, I can't just, you know, like, Oh, sorry, baby. I'm just nowhere to be found, you know? Um, so seasons change and as seasons change, having someone who can walk with you and say, Hey, what are your priorities? What do you want this season to look like? Okay. Is that a good idea? Is that, you know, the, the healthiest way to live? Um, so those would be my top three things, slow down, be prayer Careful, get into the word and find a godly woman to mentor you. And I think that you will be miles ahead of most people. Like that is my top bit of advice for like really uncovering and discovering your purpose.
0: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are going to find those things to be difficult because one, like you said, we like to do everything super fast and know the answer. And two, it means that we can't solely rely on ourselves. Yeah. And, And that's something we we need to do. You know, we need to rely on God and we have to do that through the word and, mm. and rely on other people. And, and, um, one of my other podcast episodes, I talked to my mom about what it means to be an independent woman. And, mm. and she says, being an independent woman doesn't mean doing everything on your own. Mm. You, ha- you have to, to lean on other people for help. You weren't meant, yeah. you weren't put in this world to, to do it by ourselves. Yeah. And, and we're not, and like you said, That's our seasons, <laughs> right. And like you said, our, our seasons change. Our, our seasons change. And, but the only thing that isn't going to change, like is our purpose to glorify God. And I feel like with our seasons changing, there's going to be different ways to fulfill that purpose.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I love the advice that your mom gave. And that reminds me so much of just, you know, there is this push to be like strong, independent, like, don't let anyone tell you what to do. You're the boss, babe. You're the queen of your life. You're your number one. And, you know, worldly advice, if you definitely are not a Christian, that can make sense. Like, yeah, live for yourself, put everyone else aside. But as Christians, knowing that we're here for something more than just this life, like we're here for something eternal and it's more than just about ourselves. Um, I think that one of the strongest things that a woman can do is to like humble yourself. And I think for any person to say, I don't have all the answers. I don't have what it takes. I'm not enough in and of myself. I need God. I need, you know, Jesus, I am not enough for everything. Like, and I need God put us in community. I mean, that's his design for the church that we would, the body of Christ that we need each other and we all bring something different to the table. And so that's, that takes a lot of strength to acknowledge that and to say like, you know, I am going to reach out and ask for help, or I am going to not live for me and myself ultimately, like I'm going to live for God. And sometimes that may mean serving in ways that I don't really want to, or doing something that's not that fun. I mean, life isn't always that glamorous, you know? And so that coming to that place though, takes a lot of strength and that's really hard. So I would say to the woman who feels like, well, I don't just want to be weak and wimpy and leave my brains at the door like no living for God and denying yourself like to me that's one of the strongest and most courageous things you can do because it's it's the hardest it's exactly opposite of our natural desires and going opposite of what you naturally desire takes a ton of strength.
0: It really does and like you said humility like Jesus was literally the definition of humble yes. and yet we have Like we struggle as humans to, to be humble and to have that humility. And I think that, that, especially in today's society and and culture and everything, um, you know, we being humble, isn't praise. And I think we just need,
1: we need to, to have the same humility that Jesus had when Mm. he was on earth. Mm. I totally agree. I mean, when we think back to Jesus life, it's like he deserved everything and he gave up his life for it those of us who don't deserve it, you know? And he, like, just when you go in the, through the gospels, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if you are listening and you're like, I've never read the gospels. Um, I really encourage you if you're new, you're like, I don't even, I'm not even a Christian, you know, like a great book to start in would be the book of John. So you can get it, you know, if you're listening to this and you have access to the internet, you don't have to pay anything. You can just literally look up like in the Bible, the book of John, or go to BibleGateway.com, any of those online sites and just go to the book of John, look up the jo- book of John and start in chapter one and read through. And it's amazing to read about the life of Jesus and just to, you know, understand who he is. Is and what he did for us. It's, it's the most transforming and life-changing thing ever. And you see like, wow, God, isn't just up there like, oh, let me make their lives miserable and smash them on the heads and hope they're in misery. You know, when you actually read through the Bible, especially in the gospels, you see how Jesus came, like I said, to serve and not to be served. And as someone who deserved everything, but then came and humbled himself even to the point of being put to death. And then obviously ultimately raising from the dead, but wow, there's nothing more humble than creating humans and then allowing them to crucify you for their sake. Like there's nothing more humble than that. And that's our example. And who are we to think like, we're so much better. Like I don't have to humble myself. So it's just, we have an incredible example of of Jesus who gave up his life for us. And even in small ways, we struggle to do that, which is just, you know, wow, we are very prideful.
0: (laughs) We really are. It's so, and it reflects into our, our purpose too, like yeah. what we we really think our purpose is. So, how do we know if we're truly living out our purpose?
1: Mm, mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think that knowing if we're really living out our purpose starts with ultimately our why. Like, why am I doing this? And if our why isn't ultimately like, okay, I am ultimately striving to do whatever it is, whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, do it all for the glory of God. It doesn't matter if it's a Christian thing, a secular thing. Ultimately our desire should be to glorify God in that area. So you could be a nurse. You could totally be living out your purpose because you're like, I am doing this. I am equipped in this. I am passionate about helping other people, but my ultimate purpose is to glorify God. So that may look like you know, interacting with my coworkers and they're, maybe they're gossiping about someone, or maybe they're going to go do something after work that I really don't feel like I should be doing as a Christian. And it's standing up in those moments and not participating or not, you know, maybe there's like something that happened and you're like, well, I could just kind of tell a lie about that. It's not that big of a deal. It's choosing in those little moments to glorify God in small ways. Um, and to kind of be set apart. So I think instead of asking, the big question, like, how do I know if I'm in God's will? You know, cause how we don't, the Bible doesn't say for Bethany, you are going to run girl to ministries. And here's every, the step uh, of the way, but it does tell me that if I trust God and if I live for him today, that tomorrow he will reveal my next step and my next step and my next step. So I think it starts by just kind of looking around and saying, okay, where where am i what family am i in like i said what community am i in what do i feel equipped in um am i living for god's glory in those little areas and i think if we live for god in those little areas where they're really difficult maybe it's a relationship with a family member where you're like they I do not want to, I do not want to love them. Like they are really annoying or they are just obnoxious, you know? And you're like, I am going to choose to show them kindness or grace or forgiveness. Even when I don't feel like it, I think those are the little areas where we can know we are living out our purpose in all of those day in and day out mundane things. Um, not necessarily focusing on what's my big thing. I think we, if we start with the little things, the bigger thing will become more clear. Um, so that would be my encouragement is to ask yourself in the little areas, you know, the Bible says, he who is trust with the little will be given much, but it's like, we just want to be trusted with the much and the glamorous thing, but not the little thing. So I think ask yourself, i like, You know, I know I'm in this family or I know right now I'm in this job. And am I being faithful? Am I working hard? Am I, you know, giving my best in these areas? And if you're not, then you can know, like you are not living out your purpose in just the small areas that God has called you to. So that's a challenge to me too, you know, like. Right now, I know I have a husband, I have a girl to find, I have my son, Davey. And it's like, okay, am I just living for the big glamorous moments? What about these little moments where it's hard, where I don't feel like being patient, where I'm like, you know, just want everyone to be quiet, whatever it is. Like, am I choosing to exemplify the fruits of the spirit? Am I choosing to serve rather than be served? Those are areas that we know we're called to live out. So I think it's very clear in some areas what our purpose is, but the bigger areas, I think, you have to go back to those other three things that I mentioned, um, because everyone's life looks so different and there isn't a one size fits all mold. But if we start with those three big things, the prayer being in God's word and having a mentor, and then we know we're called to live out the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, patience, kindness, all of that. Um, and we know God's word and we know he's already calling me to this. This is my purpose. I think the bigger things will become more clear if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And it it makes me think of, you know, my favorite Bible verses, Proverbs 16, verse three, commit your activities Mm -hmm. to the Lord and your plans will be established.
1: Yeah, that's the thing,
0: no matter what, what you do, because that that leads me to my question about, like, glorifying God, Mm -hmm. and no matter what we do, because as Christians, that's something we're always told to do is glorify God. But sometimes it isn't as straightforward as being like, pastor, Christian counselor, or something that's like very obviously like you're working for God. So how, how can we glorify God in those Mm.
1: not obvious jobs? Totally. Yeah. And that is a hard part. I think there has been a bit of like, you know, they call it the secular and the sacred, like the split. Um, but we are Christians wherever we are. So it's not like, Oh, I'm just this person. It's like, I am this Christian woman and my identity in Christ is the most important thing about me. And that's something I bring with me everywhere I go. It's just not on Sunday mornings. Um, And I think there is a huge temptation to, to feel like, okay, on Sunday, I'm a Christian and okay, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do all these right things. uh, But then during the week, well, I, you know, I maybe I'm an accountant or I, you know, I don't know, I work with children or whatever it is. Maybe you're Therapist, whatever you do, school counselor, um, teacher, nurse, all of these different things, where they're not like overtly Christian, and so you're like, well, okay, I'm, this is just my job, this is just what I do. Um, but then, oh, I'm going to Bible study, so I'm I'm a Christian in that context, or okay, I have a family, or I'm I want to get married, so I'm looking for a Christian man. Whatever it is, we can start to separate all of those things, um, and we can start to almost walk differently and live differently depending on the category that we define as like. Christian or like secular, but I think we need to view it completely differently and say, okay, I am on this earth as a Christian and I am called to honor God in every single area, not just in those overtly Christian areas. So it's kind of like I was saying, say you're a teacher, you can show incredible, like Love and care, and those fruits of the spirit, like I'm saying, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness to those teachers, to other teachers who are really annoying, or that student who's like driving you crazy. You can choose to live out your purpose as a Christian and love in a way that is differently uh, because you know that you are living for something more and you're doing something more. And maybe you're not even allowed to, maybe like, you know, legally, you're not even allowed to talk about Jesus or something like that, but you can show them through your actions and through your kind words that you are different. And then you never know. I mean, you just never know how God can use you living differently, like choosing to not engage in that gossip or choosing to, Deny going to a certain party that you know wouldn't be a good idea. Whatever it is, walking and living and talking like a Christian and exemplifying that humility is exactly what God is calling us to do. And so I would just encourage you, like, don't view your life in separate categories. You don't need to be, like, in ministry to be a Christian. You have the amazing opportunity if you are not in an overtly Christian Job to interact with people and really like you're on the mission field, you know, like you are interacting with people who don't know Jesus. And if you have the opportunity and you're able to talk about him without being obnoxious, go for it, you know, but show them through your actions and through your life that there is something different. Um, because if you're acting just like them and you're engaging in all the gossip and slandering people and tearing people down and lying, like why would they ever think there's something different about you? So I would encourage you to go and meditate on first Corinthians 13, the fruits of the spirit. That's a great place to start to bring your Christian identity into the workplace, no matter where you are. I absolutely love that. And it's so true. We don't need to just be, you know,
0: saying Bible verses and talking about God to be a Christian for people to, to know. And I know that was one of my big struggles too. I think one day it just kind of hit me. I was like, um, man man my my language i this isn't what mm. a christian should be portraying herself as and um what actually uh really influenced me was i heard this this christian woman talking about how that she works as a producer for a news show mm. and she's like she's like yeah those people they're my coworkers but they're not part of my inner circle And I was like, I don't want someone to look at me and say, I don't want her as part of my Mm. inner circle. And then that's when things changed. I was like, I'm not going to like the language that I use. I don't know if it was just something I could control in my life, you know, to, to use, you know, bad words. Uh And then I was like, I was like, this isn't, this isn't representing Jesus. This isn't what I want to be known for. I want people to look at me and know I'm a Christian without me having to talk Mm. about God So So like you, like you said, it can be any aspect of our life. And, you know, just because we live
1: in a secular
0: world, doesn't mean we have to be part of the secular world. For Sure. That's
1: so good. And I love that you hit on that. I think that um, you know, obviously we're in the the world of social media and most people have some form of social media. And I think that's an area where we can be set apart too. You know, we don't have to not share the truths that we believe about God, but I think that it's so easy to buy into just the really like bullying and trolling and just, you know, kind of engaging and mocking people. Um, and I know so many of, at least in Girl Define, like are we call them the sisterhood girls have DM'd us and messaged us and and have said, you know, like I used to engage in that kind of, you know, communication of just like going on random people's pages and they're like, Oh, look at this person. They're so dumb. So just being like, Oh, you're the worst. Your face is so ugly, you know, and it seems harmless because we're hiding behind our screen, but there's real people. So choosing to you know, if we don't have anything good to say, like it's a simple rule, like don't say anything, but we don't need to drop into people's DMS and leave comments just that are completely degrading and tearing them down. Like, why are we doing that? So I think that's another area, just like you're saying like, okay, am I really striving to glorify God and, and just like the generic everyday areas of my life? Like, am I truly acting like Christ on social media in my workplace, wherever it is? I think that that's, those are areas where a lot of us, could use some work on. I know me personally, I just, the other day, even in some stories, I, I was super frustrated about something. And so the way that I was talking, it was like, why, why, like, I know this isn't Christ honoring. And so I immediately took them down, you know, and it was convicting for me. And I was like, this isn't speaking with love and kindness and patience and believing the best of other people. This is me reacting in my fleshly self. And so I think that that's why it's so important to meditate on scripture and to have passages like first Corinthians 13 in our minds and in our hearts. So that way, when we are engaging or in the words we're sharing, just like you were saying, we can know like, Hmm, we have a grid to follow and we have kind of like a filter to put it through. Like, is this Christ honoring? So the Bible is so practical, even though yes, it was written many, many years ago. It's filled with so much wisdom and so much practical guidance. That's so applicable for us in our modern day. Yeah. And
0: I love that you said that, you know, just even reflecting on, on stuff that we do or or that we post, um, it's something we just have to be conscious of all the time because with God, with sacrificing ourself to God, isn't something you do once. It's something yes. you have to do every single day. And, you know, just being transparent that, yeah, sometimes I don't make the best decisions, but then what is your, what is your next step? You know, are you yeah. going to acknowledge it? And, and I think that's something that we, um, as Christians, I feel like we have a lot of pressure on us, like that we don't have that wiggle, wiggle room, like to be mm. human, hmm So like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Because I know that some people can just be so judgmental, you know, and it's just
1: like, I'm human. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, That is a hard place because like, I know for me, I grew up in a really conservative home and that's been a challenge of of really understanding God's grace. And I, you know, my big part of my testimony is just like realizing, okay, Bethany, you don't have to earn your salvation. You don't have to be like this good girl or be enough in order to receive the gospel. The gospel is a free gift. Like I, Jesus came to die because none of us are good enough because none of us can earn our salvation. None of us can be perfect. And so I had to really look in the mirror and say, wow. Wow like god i am so imperfect i am so come up short in every single way but that's why you came you didn't come to for perfect people you know you didn't come for the healed you came for the sick which is all of us um so i think for all of us we have to pause and reflect and remember like God's grace isn't like a free ticket to live however we want. God's grace is saying, you know what? You are going to, I'm going to give you the strength to follow me, but you're not going to do it perfectly because you live in a fallen world. And one day you will be perfected in heaven. And that's ultimately, you know, in the garden, that's what we were created for. And ultimately in heaven one day, that's what we will be living out. But right now we're in that in-between place. Um, And so I think it's not becoming so self-consumed when we mess up or we're like, I shouldn't have posted that or said that, or why did I engage in that gossip? Or why did I use that word? Whatever it is. But just, you know, even if it's just a moment going before God, just wherever you are right there, just saying, God, please forgive me. I know in first John, you say that if you ask, if we ask, you will forgive us. Your forgiveness is forever. There's nothing too big, too bad that you can't forgive. So I confess I was wrong. I repent of that. Please forgive me and help me to live differently and accept that grace and that forgiveness. We don't have to continue carrying that shame. That's what Jesus came to take away our shame. So when we carry it, it's like we're carrying a burden that He never intended for us to carry. He's like, I've got it. Like, I've got you covered. Like, I came because you're so lost and you're so imperfect. And if you're feeling discouraged, just I mean, I think of. I think of the 12 disciples that he chose. I think of in the old Testament, I mean, one of my favorite examples is Rahab, you know, she was literally chosen to be in the lineage of Jesus. And if we think like, okay, well, God only wants perfect people. I mean, she was this incredible woman, but her past was sketchy. She was a prostitute. She was against God's people. And God said, you are, you have seen who I am. You now want to live for me. And so you are redeemed and you are literally going to be in the lineage of Jesus. And there are only so few people that were mentioned by name in the lineage of Jesus, which is an incredible honor. And so if we think like, oh, God only wants perfect people or people who never mess up. I mean, go read about the life of David. He was a hot mess, but he had repentance and doesn't mean there weren't like consequences or like impacts to his decisions, but he had a repentant heart. And, you know, you can go in Psalm 51 and read about that. Um, So I, I think we are not above those people in the Bible either. Like our lives are not too bad or too, too, um, you know, far gone for him. And so when we look at others, yes, we can share truth. We can share our conviction, but not in a way like I am better than you, or you are less than because you did that. Cause who are we? We are all imperfect. We are all broken. We are all fallen. And so to are the people closest to us, I think those are the people we need to extend, extend the most grace to that's the hardest, the people who are right there, who, you know, you can see their faults, they can see your faults. Um, but I think that's true love when we are willing to forgive and to offer the grace that God has given to us because we don't deserve it. So we should freely give that to others. And I think when we do, you know, I think that people will see like, Oh, she comes from a place of humility. She comes from a place of understanding that she is broken too. Um, and I know that's a journey I'm on of learning how to communicate truth in a way that is compassionate and grace-filled. Um, and that's, it's hard. It's a hard place to be, but we, the more we understand the gospel, the more we'll realize how imperfect we are and it will be easier to let that, that grace flow to others.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like you said, humility, like, yeah. Humility is so important. And I think something that we all need to remember is that, you know, love is given, love isn't Mm -hmm. earned. So we can't just keep thinking that, you know, like us by messing up and, you know, being human and, you know, making those mistakes that we aren't worthy of love, but it has nothing to do with us, you know, because if it was about earning love, God wouldn't, none of us would be worthy of God's love, but God gave us his love Mm -hmm. and love is something that is given. So we can't do anything to earn it or to get it taken away. But you know, we need to remember that goes with everyone too. Like yes. if someone isn't loving you, it has n- it's not a reflection of yourself. It's a, it's a reflection of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And I love your emphasis on like, if we had to like earn the love, like we, we can't. And so I love that you're saying that, that love is something that's given. And I just think it's so easy to love, you know, the people that are easy to love, but I think true love and true grace and that non-judgment comes when it's hard to give that to someone, but you do anyways. And isn't that what Jesus does for us? And so that's why I think it's so important to always go back and to be a woman who actually is in the word. And I think if we aren't in the word, everything from, you know, the way we treat others, our purpose our like day in and day out decisions are just going to be striving in our own strength. And like we've both said, like we don't have what it takes and we don't have enough love to give. We need God's love really flowing through us, um, and his grace and forgiveness. And so if we are not in the word, um, it's going to be much more difficult. And that's why I so encourage you to come up with a plan, whether it's reading through the book of John or Proverbs or grabbing the shine, bright devotional, just pick something simple, start super, small, like you can do, you know, start with three minutes a day, five minutes a day, start with one verse, start really small, but that's where you're going to find the strength to truly love others well. And to make those hard decisions to follow Christ, even in the little things. Yes, exactly. Those are are just amazing tips. And it's something
0: that we can use in, you know, any, any phase of our life, because, you know, I think purpose and identity is one of the things that everyone struggles with at least, at least once in in their life. And I think at the end of the day, we just need to surrender to God. Mm -hmm. So how can we truly surrender ourselves to God when it comes to finding our purpose?
1: Mm -hmm. That's such a great question and something that is so hard to do. I think that the first place of surrender, and I'm sure that there are listeners who are like, I, maybe I grew up in a Christian family where this is completely new to me. I stumbled upon this this podcast because of a certain topic and I am not a Christian. And so I think the first place of surrender is coming to the point of trusting in Christ as your savior saying, why am I here? And do I have enough of what it takes? Like, no, none of us do. And we know that we know we, at the end of the day, we stand before the mirror and it's like, okay, or we're laying in bed and thinking it's like, none of, we all know our shortcomings. We all know those bad thoughts, those wrong, you know, wrong thinking that we have. And so I think, you know, going to that, the book of John or like John three sixteen says, you know, about trusting in Christ and, you know, God gave his only son for us and learning more about Jesus, um, and believing that he truly is the only way to a relationship with God and ultimately in eternity to spend forever with him. So I think it starts with trusting in Jesus as your savior. And that's the ultimate place of surrender of saying, okay, I am not enough. I don't have what it takes, which is exactly opposite of what we're hearing in society. And even amongst a lot of like popular Christians in so many cases saying like, you have have enough, you have what it takes, like in and of ourselves, that makes no sense. Like, we don't personally have enough. So, I think the place of surrender starts by acknowledging that and saying, God, like, humbling, you know, just like we've been talking about, humbling ourselves and saying, God, I don't have enough. I am, I don't have what it takes to have a relationship with you. I don't have what it takes to earn my way into, you know, eternity with you. And I think that's the ultimate place of surrender. And so, every single day remembering like, okay, I don't have enough of what it takes, but God does. And so those little points of surrender are ultimately what help us to keep like our right perspective. But when we stop it, like you said, it's not just like a one point where we're like, okay, here is my purpose. And I'm going to, here, here I go. I never have to think about this again. It's those little daily decisions. And I can tell you for me, I have ultimately surrendered my life to Christ of trusting in him as my savior, but There are so many times, sometimes multiple times in a day where I forget that. And I start living for Bethany and I start living for myself and I have to stop and remember like, no, like my life isn't about me. I am a daughter of God. Like I truly am. I've been adopted into his family. I I walk in a new identity and just kind of re-surrendering to that and the strength and peace and perspective that I get when I remember that is amazing. So I would encourage you to make sure you've made that decision. And like I said, go to the book of John, if you want to learn more about what it means to be a Christian and try. Christ and who he is, that's going to be your best place to go to learn more about that. Um, but if you already have made that decision, don't just view it as like, okay, I trusted Christ as my savior. I'm not going to think about that again. Remember that reflect on the gospel, reflect on who Jesus is, because that will help you to surrender in those little moments every single day.
0: Mm, I love that. And yeah, we, like you said, surrendering every single day and that's why it's so important to mm. you know read the bible and, and like you said journal journal whether it's you know to god directly or or however you you choose yeah. you choose the journal it's it's so true and just you know our like we were put on this earth as like a temporary home yes so it, I just think it's so selfish of us to think that like you said like if I like God put me here from a temporary home. And I'm just like, I'm gonna live for me. Yes. <laughs> like God's like, that's not why I put you there. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I love talking about is, you know, body image and our relationship with ourselves. Mm. And it's like, I just imagine, you know, God put our soul into this body and then put us on the earth to glorify him. And then all we do is obsess about our body. God's just like, that's not the point. Like I put your soul (laughs) into that body to glorify me. Why are you focusing on the body?
1: (laughs) You know? So that's such a great perspective. And I mean, the Bible talks about that, that we're ambassadors, you know, this isn't our final home. And, and so just remembering that like, this is, you know, we feel like, oh, but it's so smart to invest and live and put everything into this life when it's like, we're just ambassadors. We're here for Christ. And one day we'll spend forever with him. But this is just a temporary place. So I love how you said that. Like we're obsessing about our bodies and our image and, and it's like, wait, that's not the point. Like you're getting it all wrong.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like our body is just a vessel. Yes. You know, like imagine having like this amazing like cup of wine that's like aged and, and one puts it in like this glass and you're <laughs> like, wow, that glass is ugly. And it's like, but did you try the wine? <laughs> yeah. No, but that glass is ugly. <laughs> but did you try the wine? It's really good. That's how like, I just imagined like God <laughs> made us, he's like, stop like focusing on the outside like, I yes. gave you all these unique individual gifts. And that's like, you know, when it comes with our purpose, that yes. like when we're putting our purpose into all these things that like are on this earth, whether like you said, a relationship, or how we look physically, or our achievements and accomplishments. like, But that's not why God put us here. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so good. And I love that example, that visual. That's something that will stick with me. I love that. I might have to steal that, the wine example. I really like that.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much. So where can our listeners find you?
1: Oh well, thank you so much for having me on. This has been such a fun, fun conversation, and I just love what you're doing here on this podcast. It's amazing. Um, but if you want to connect with me and Girl Defined Ministries, and you can, you know, check out our podcast. Since you're already listening to a podcast, you can head on over to the Girl Defined Show. Or if you want to grab, you know, one of our books, we wrote a book called Girl Defined: God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity, which kind of gets to the core of everything we talked about today. Um, you can find all, you know, our books and and all of that at GirlDefined.com. And then, of course, on social media, we're just at Girl Find pretty much everywhere. So we would love to connect with your listeners and get to know them better.
0: Yes, definitely. And I will put all that stuff in the show notes. So everyone can find you and follow you and listen to your podcast because I absolutely love your podcast. I just love all the topics that you guys cover because I mean, y'all even cover masturbation. Like what other, what other Christian podcasts are talking about that? You know, I just think that's amazing. We kind of go there. Yeah. We don't really shy
1: away from anything. So (laughs) if you come, come at your own risk.
0: (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Thanks for listening, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Bethany. I absolutely love talking to her. She's just such a kind and beautiful soul. And I just love talking about Jesus. And like we said in this podcast episode, that is our purpose is to praise God and bring him glory. So I'm just going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep talking about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm actually having Bethany's sister, Kristen, on the podcast in a couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left it a five-star review and like and subscribe as well. I will see you in the next episode and thank you again for joining me.